the, the nitty gritty in meditation practice, as in life itself, is dealing with suffering, dukkha, stress, and you know, in, in kind of uh, summarized it in various ways: the hindrances and the asavas and the anuttaya. Different levels of it, but the we can look at things like the five hindrances, <coughs> you know, or you can just begin with just the sense of the energy imbalances that is, we feel kind of sluggish and sleepy, haven't got enough energy, or that's sort of restless and busy, wanting to break out, get some fresh air, and do something that kind of energy, you know. And uh, these are not energies you kind of blame or have a uh, kind of attitude, but they just sometimes the system just goes like that, you know. But you want to, so a lot can be done just by addressing energy, you know. So breathing and stretching energy over the whole body, being widening your attention, uh, keeping with the basic posture, physical posture, opening the eyes so that. <coughs> All that helps to give you something quite specific and tangible to, to access, and then just staying with it. Yeah, because the you know, basically you're just staying with the body, and then that that starts to anchor the mind, and then the energy starts to shift away from the mental pattern, or you know, this energetic pattern into more the embodied steadiness of it. Yeah, so it's kind of basic thing, and yet so basic that often we overlook it. <coughs> because what happens is that these energies pick up topics, you know, or feelings. You know, feeling a bit dull. So we get a bit dull about feeling dull. We're not very clear about it, so we tend to get, you know, and then it's unpleasant. So once someone wants to sh- try to shrink away, get away from that. Uh, uncomfortable feeling so all that is a retraction that's the mind actually starts to cave in they want to get away because it's not pleasant to be with that that particular feeling so you get the feeling and the reflex energy is to is to is to kind of retract or hide away we will close down which is what we do when we go to sleep yeah. So you actually got to apply, you know, not from aversion, but just apply steadily like you're healing something, steadying it out, smoothing it out, straightening it out, time and time again, patiently. So a lot can be learnt by that. Same thing with energies bustling. Then as always, the mind picks up topics, things we've got to do, things we can do, wasting time, this is boring, and so on. Ah. So always you come, put aside the topic, get to the what's underneath it, gain an uncomfortable feeling, you know, edgy, unsettled, restless, and then perception, there's I am, I am like this, you know, sort of busy state, and then the react response to that is to want to move around. 
And of course, it's not that moving around is wrong. You know, do some walking, standing, stretching, gentle exercises and things, uh, you know, mindfully. But you kind of try to work with it on an energetic level rather than just get into the topics that the restlessness, the over-energy can create. So these kind of two basic imbalances. Mm-hmm. And with those, you also... You know, you start to kind of get get a, a kind of pragmatic handle on what I meant by the the kandas or the aggregates, how that works. So the first thing is the what's well called the rupa, the form. That's the basic either physical sensation or series of physical sensations, or it can be the mental concept that arises in the in the mano vinyana in the mind base. So it's a kind of bong, a thing, an object. That's just the thing. And uh, that's, you know, then you have the, the feeling, pleasant, painful, which often goes along with the perception, that is the impression. So, you know, you get sensations in your stomach and you feel, oh, hungry, unpleasant, hungry. Eat something. And that, that system is pretty automatic. Uh, sometimes you get unpleasant sensations not because of hunger, you know, because uh, you know different fluids in the stomach or things of this nature. So you know you get perception, the feeling uh, have are signals, but they're not necessarily correct, accurate. But based upon those signals, we get particular. Sankara or the energy form, the action, the reaction, the impulse. And all this uh, happening every moment of consciousness. And uh, consciousness is such that at this moment you can only experience what's in consciousness, obviously. So it's always presenting. At that moment, the reality of your life is just this. And you can't at that moment, experiencing something beyond it. So when you're in pain, you can't experience non-pain. <laughs> you know, when you're in difficulty, you can't experience non-difficulty. Yeah. So, but then consciousness, but, but actually consciousness continue changing. So when our sankharas, when our actions are, are just triggered by what's happening in consciousness now we start making long term decisions based on a moment or a moment re- being brought back again and again and again obsessively or we start making personal judgments about what I am or what she is or whatever based upon just what's arising in consciousness now Notice, you know, when it's when it's how the mind has to keep coming back to it, like you think of it again and again and again and again. So by itself, it doesn't last, but something in us actually brings back a source of craving or aversion or worry or doubt to keep it going. That's the weird thing about it, because. There's this instinct, you know, to keep consciousness as something that's solid and real. So then we keep re 
iterating, regenerating the basis for that consciousness, the greed consciousness, the fear consciousness, the aversion consciousness to arise. And you don't do this deliberately. So the point really is that, the, that you have to work on the sankhara, which is the, the activation energy that keeps triggering and also reiterating consciousness in a particular mode. Call it rebirth. <laughs> Birth consciousness means another one, another one, another one, another one in the same old pattern. Yeah. And also start to question, look into the perception and the feeling that act as the trigger for the, the, the activity, the sankara. Is it true? You know, you, you see someone, you think, well, is that true? Or is it just a momentary, you know, perception right now? Is that, you see something you don't like in someone else, some triggers off aversion? Oh, he's one of those. Wow. At that moment, the rest of the characteristics or the features of the behaviors disappear. and We just have that one perception. And we can actually take that and stay with that and keep reforming it. So these are the, so you see how kind of what a trap these aggregates can be when they're held in this clung form. Of course, we natural perception is natural, feeling is natural, form is natural. But what we can do is work on the, the sankara, which is the activity, the energy that reiterates, brings it back again and again. That says this is true, this is permanent, this is real, this is lasting, this is what I am, this is what he is, this is what they are. You know, that, that's the bit. And the more we work with that, then these perceptions can arise and just dissolve. Yeah. Or you get more measured. They're not just spur of the moment things. More trustworthy, accurate perceptions rather than based upon, you know, irritation or craving or fantasy or whatever. So, Sankara has both an, an, an energy to it and a particular bias you know, to have, to get, to get away, to make, to become something, get out, get the right, get satisfied. Yeah. And it's a hard lesson to learn. It's a hard one to train. Now we're not going to get satisfied. You know, by following this, we're not going to get out of samsara. We're not going to find the right place to practice. We're not going to be with the suitable community you know, that way.
as if that would work anyway, you know. I could recognize if I lived in a, with a bunch of arahants, I could still be miserable, <laughs> fault-finding about myself or whatever. What could it do me? If I can work on the, the you know, disappointments and frustrations of the, of, you know, this is a more useful, intimate and immediate way I can work on living in this uh, world as it is. Physical form is something that comes to, you know, tactile form. Visual form is something that we have no choice over. We're born into it. It's around us. Mental form we have some choice over. That is what particular concepts arise in our minds, the way, we sh- the, way the mind shapes up a mental form. To put it bluntly, it's the way things should be. Is the is the formative agent. You know, where the mind deals in concepts which are nice and clear, ideal, crisp, black and white on paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does it ever happen? does it ever happen, you know? On this plane, do you ever get it, you know? You ever see that? Things on time, things straight. Things clear, things clean, things settled, things sorted. Yeah, in yourself or in other people, does it ever happen? Do you ever get get that point? Do you think, well, it'll happen one day? Do you ever get that? Yeah, has it ever? Somewhere else, does it ever? Yeah. So it's uh, you know at the moment, boom, there it is, clear. Oh. That's all we know. That's clear idea. Clear perception of what's his problem. What's wrong with her? Clear. That's it. Sorted that one out. <laughs> and then, yeah, he's really not. He's not doing it. It's not. She's not being that way. You know, irritation. And then the. Well, well, first of all, we'll kind of sit back with it, let them, you know, eventually they'll come round. Just relax a bit, let them come round. They're still not coming round. Okay, just give them a gentle reminder, try and sort it out. It's still not being the way it should be. Okay, a little more effort's required here. <laughs> you know? This saying, the nice Zen saying, if you if you go and search for the tiger, you won't find him. If you sit and wait for him, he won't come. So this is the kind of heartbreak <laughs> of perfection. So you know, but what we begin to to recognise is, wait a minute, you know. Wh- whether it's true or could be true or a good idea or, yeah. Yeah, they've all got some goodness in them, some truth in them. They're not completely deluded. But um, what's the energy behind that? Can we train towards improvement without that, you know, pushy, 
aggressive, fearful, demanding energy? Can we train towards, you know, improvement? Can we train towards clarity? Can we train towards conscientiousness? Can we train towards having a nice place to live without getting kind of exasperated by it? What's the energy behind that? What's the sankara? Yeah. These, this sankara is not a personal decision. We don't decide to be that way. It's a, it's a deep embedded reflex of the very, stop, you know, blaming anybody or saying you should not be that way or let go of it, but just actually feel that. See if you can, you know, be with that pressure. Feel it in the body, just breathing, widening, spreading, softening, holding it. It's a kind of however you want to put it. That's what I do. Over, you know, three decades of dissatisfaction. righteous dissatisfaction as well. It's true, it's right. But you know, it's the you get the kind of rebound onto the way that one should be in oneself and they're not good enough either. So how do we how do we, you know, train in a conventional way towards Improvement. I mean, it's not that shouldn't happen, but that is clearing out this basis, the inutsaya, the latent tendency towards views, to, you know, views and opinions, becoming, getting it going, getting on, aversion, craving, ignorance. You know, these kind of latencies, which which are there for us. You know, it's not that we shouldn't have them. To recognize. And there's an energetic sense in which it can be practiced with. You know, as you say, the samatha approach. The insight approach is much more based on, let's look into this, let's question it. What gives rise to this opinion? What's it based upon? Is it based upon truth? Yeah, we can look at its external basis, and we can look at its internal basis as it arising from um, my insecurity. Is it arising from that wobbly feeling and trying to get things straight? Is it arising from that restless feeling? Is it arising from that, that, that place where I just don't want to know? Forget about it. Get away from me. I want to just be left alone. If it's arising from these places within us, we shouldn't trust it. It's not that it's not true. Everything has some truth in it. Nobody's completely deluded. But, you know, it's clearing the bias. The bias is, uh, you know, I want to get away, just be quiet on my own, left out of it. You know, I want to get on and do something, make it happen. I want to be able to decide, judge, this is right, and that's wrong, and this is the way it's going to be. It makes me feel kind of clear. You know, I mean, I have all those. So it's kind of heartbreaking honesty. Oh. The insight, and in the sense of, you know, 
the samatha, which is, it's all right, you're all right with that. You can find, you can come out of that lock of consciousness, consciousness locked into that reiterating, regurgitating the same old issues day in, day out, day in, day out, hour in, hour out. Often what's kind of the, th- the way that release happens is energetic, the kind of, instead of that trapped, you know, caged-in feeling, driven feeling, it's an energy lock, you're kind of caught on something that keeps, you know, like a fly buzzing against the window pane, keeps banging, 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 nagging. You know, there's a, come, there's a release from that, sh- that lock. Sometimes you you know so you can feel it. Sometimes it comes like a shift in your in your bodily sense. Probably uh, there's a you know goes along with a shift in the heart sense as well. To me, what's often needed is is acknowledging this chafing of disappointment. Frustration, impatience, exasperation. You know, where it chafes, scratches. I don't want to be that. So there's something in it kind of contracts to push that away or to push it down. I have to actually open to that. It's compassionate. Zajin Sumedho used to say for a period of time of his teachings was suffering should be welcomed. Totally paradoxical. Nobody wants to, you know. But it, it's on, an, on a kind of heart level, it has a, it's a true teaching, you know. So instead of closing down and blaming, and we just uh, see if we can just bear with it, open up to it, feel wider with that. Just like you're kind of embracing somebody who's sick and dying, kissing a leper. <laughs> you know, you just kind of move into it. And uh, we can do that. So not this is, sometimes it happens more in terms of heart energy. Rather, I don't really like this. I can't find it pleasant. But I can actually shift towards and open up to it rather than close down. You know? It's actually opening to pain. Opening to the emotional pain. On a bodily level, naturally when we experience physical impingement, you know, the defense system is to close, to contract, to tighten up which kind of works. On a mental, psychological level, that's also a reaction, but the possibility of Dharma practice is to turn the other way. 
Now this isn't easy because it's going against the whole reflex. But in time, you know, just building up that inner strength, some sadha, some faith, some confidence, this is actually where it ceases. You know, you just take it on trust anyway. Look at the Four Noble Truths. Mm. Look at people who practice, do they ever say it's all easy and blissful? Well, takes mindfulness, takes persistent application just a little bit, a little bit. takes mindfulness of bearing in mind a kind of conscientious, uh, you know, awareness of rather than getting into it, just be holding it. This is like, you know, the mudra of mindfulness is like a person standing with their hands open, just kind of holding it gently not fiddling with it, just holding it. Mm. Takes mindfulness and firming up concentration. Samadhi will always give you a lot greater resource. Calming, steadying. And then discernment. Just seeing clearly, you know, what can be released. Can I actually, you know, make him, her, right now different can I make this that right now different or can I actually focus on that chafing yeah. can I stop it no can I you know can I change it no can I bear it yeah okay that's what you do you know, bear it a little bit and you know Applying medicines, you know, such as kindness, compassion, taking it easy, keeping in, going to the body, generating a healthy bodily sense. Just also moderating your practice, how much you can bear. Those are the kind of longer term remedies. But it always comes down to sooner or later we have to bear this, get good at bearing it to the point when that sankhara of tanha craving gives up. Then these hindrances of tortoise are powerful and lesson that won't get anywhere else. You can learn Buddha Dharma through the books to become experts in all refinements, but actually this bit of Buddha Dharma you never really get apart from at the workshop. So making it when we get an understanding of yeah, this is what do then make it something you can Take your time with, find your mind your measure with, find companionship with, find a sense of even a sense of humour about it, dispassion towards it. Then it's gonna work. It's gonna you're gonna get that those releases and the Buddha 
said, you know, this is worth suffering a lot for because I tell you, release from these is like, you know, happiness you're not going to get anywhere else. You know, this is the one that really is going to shift you to the other, the other shore. <coughs> 